Aalto University Podcast. No, no, notice that uh, the, the, the way we uh, operated in, in the first made use of the human possibility of of naming something. So uh, sometimes a word can be- become a sort of a lighthouse that helps you to orient there as you are sailing on the sea. Uh, I, I personally love words uh, for the benefit of uh, of creating movement of thought and uh, and we do want to create movement of thought in the context of this this seminar so uh, one offering of the seminar i hope is that it, it offers some words uh, by the means of which you could uh, uh, move around with your thoughts and the more you move around in your thoughts with material that is significant to you, uh, it's, it's likely to already be in your possession as an experience. So it's, it's like going into your own experience with the help of some new words or some, some concepts. So, so, uh, so you might want to look into your life from the point of view of uh, when were you present and what happened as you were present in that, that moment that wouldn't have happened or didn't happen to somebody else who wasn't quite that present. So, so team number one, present. Team number two, uh, moments in your life, experiences of your life where you did feel yourself being by your sideness by somebody like I felt uh, from uh, the doctor in, in the ambulance or from, from Jaakko in connection of, uh, of the attack uh, and, and uh, also you might push the case uh, to uh, the realm of uh, what I called magical uplift those, those moments when, when some something uh, that, that points beyond what's explainable rationally happens upwards. So uh, having a chance in this space to, to uh, um, engage in an internal reflection with your own experiences by using some words that might become active, at least temporarily, is one of the ideas of uh, of, of this uh, this effort. Now, in this uh, second set, what I like to do is that I like to go uh, first to two minutes uh, to the film uh, Invictus, uh, and and uh, of course the film itself is uh, based on historical facts, uh, and and. Um, quite a situation in South Africa where Nelson Mandela had become the president of the country in the first three elections of the country. But he faced the problem that is quite generic, which is you have some two apart, when in fact everybody would benefit if the two would be more connected. So you have this this, uh, question of issue of separation as opposed to integration, as opposed to connection. Uh, And uh, in his case, the challenge is quite uh, huge because uh, it's it's written into the history of the country, it's written into the institutions of the country, and it comes along uh, as the color of the skin uh, of any human being to any situation. So, so it's quite a pronounced problem, but of course we f- 
face the problem all the time. Like uh, uh, on any given day here on campus, uh, you need to have lunch. But uh, in fact, you are separated from most of the students who also have the same situation. They also would like to have a lunch. So, so the possibility of having a lunch along with somebody with whom you could then perhaps over the lunch exchange some experiences, exchange some, some ideas, talk about something. That's what we try to offer with uh, the, the, the little digital service that Sala just described. Similarly, if you think about our first part today, I, I, I suggested that uh, maybe your parents, from your point of view, had some defects, but uh, you, you could ask, well, uh, could it be that some of those defects, maybe uh, a huge bulk of those defects are in fact surface defects? So we use the possibility of language uh, for there to be more integration, a bigger connection from, your, from you to, 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 to your parents. So uh, uh, this is the theme that uh, is touched upon in, in this two-minute video cut, where uh, Mandela has asked the uh, rugby captain of the national team to come to meet him. And this is because of the fact that they are going to have a World Cup in rugby next year, uh, in which uh, South Africa will be the host. So, so Mandela got the idea that this might be an occasion where our people could experience something together. Notice that this is a human possibility to experience. In fact, it's a human experience you can't escape. So a human being at all times experiences something. You can't switch it off. But it's often something that we sort of try to forget as opposed to try to benefit from. So uh, on the one hand, it's an effort to try to tap upon a human possibility to experience. But a human possibility to experience extends to experiencing something together. Because uh, the, the, the effect that people can have by uh, entering that, uh, you could say, mysterious field of, of, uh, of, of connectivity with other human beings often brings about effects that are quite, uh, quite positive. So uh, he gets the idea that maybe next year, as we host the World Cup, uh, that would be an occasion that would bring our people together through the experience. Uh, particularly if our national team would do well. So he has asked the rugby captain to come to meet him. But the rugby captain is somewhat surprised due to the fact that rugby has been a white man's sport. So already Mandela there is making an effort to breach something that, that, that has been over the years built up separating uh, black and white people of the country. He's somewhat reserved, the rugby captain. Also as a personality, He's somewhat introverted, which is the case very often in these physical sports. The captain types very often have an introverted dimension because that's sort of the anchor for the reliability, the trustworthiness, because you can sense that the integrity comes from within. So uh, he's somewhat reserved. Uh, uh, I've looked at the videos of the real Francois Pinard, this is the person that Matt Damon there is playing the part of. And, and uh, Damon is doing, I think, a really great job there, uh, portraying him, as is Morgan Freeman doing a great job uh, portraying uh, <clears throat> Mandela. So, so let's take a look at this. It's, it's, it's uh, just, just two minutes. Okay, let, let me stop there. Now, now, if you think about what we... <clears throat> what, what, what we uh, uh, what we saw there uh, from the point of view of the fact that but uh, from the point of view of the fact that 
it, it, it wasn't really that uh, much of uh, of a competence or skill or knowledge or expertise uh, that you saw there in terms of let's say focus on the other. Uh, I mean, it's possible for a human being to focus on the other. In fact, you can focus on the other immediately, if you like. And in this case, when um, the guest comes in, Mandela is doing something by his desk, but he focuses upon the guest immediately, as opposed to five seconds later. And, and, and uh, well, you can say, uh, you can also uh, approach warmly the other person. In fact, this is something you did in the beginning of uh, our little seminar here. You approached other people uh, warmly. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of making the other feel valued. Uh, that might come across, for instance, by the way you pronounce to somebody's name. Uh, in any case, it's possible for a human being to make the other one feel valued by something that is quite small a difference. And this is because of the fact that a human being experiences so sensitively things around himself or herself. Uh, you can also show interest, even gratitude. Thank you for coming all this way to meet me. I mean, you might not say it explicitly, but it could be that uh, something in the way you are vis-a-vis -vis the other one Something in the way you look at the other one conveys to the other one your gratitude for the fact that he or she did come. So, so you might sign up to, 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 to Sally's uh, 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 lunch appointment uh, site and then, then you do meet with somebody. Uh, and, and, uh, and the other one, as you approach to somebody, might feel more valued as a human being because of the way you approach to somebody. It's, it's, uh, it's also possible to safeguard the situation. Like in this case, interestingly, uh, uh, the, the safeguarding of the psychological safety of the situation comes out of the fact that Mandela walks towards his uh, uh, guest in a particular way. So, so uh, we could say that in, in many ways, the situation we just saw could be threatening from the point of view of the visitor. But he doesn't want it to be threatening. This is something that to me is quite important in terms of uh, my own efforts in seminars and, and in lectures. I, I'd like this to be the case. Uh, I'd like it to be a context of psychological safety. And the reason why I like it to be a context of psychological safety is because many of our best experiences, most useful experiences, are ones that uh, have, as it were, quite a, a, a little voice. So it, it, it could be that it's, it's not such a strong instrument in the orchestra. Uh, and, and it could be that we want that voice to be heard. So, uh, making the other feel fine as he or she is. Uh, it's, it's for this reason why I believe in, in my lectures, in my seminars, why it's useful that people are from different backgrounds. Because when people are from different backgrounds, it's, it's easier to acknowledge the other one just like the other one is, because if, if you are just with students that come from your own program, it, it could be that you have already set sort of a hierarchy, kind of a sort of like status definitions of some kind. So, so uh, but I think it's useful to safeguard uh, the situation from the point of view of making everyone feel fine as he or she uh, is. Personal commitment to the situation uh, comes five seconds into the episode. I am so excited. 
Uh, and uh, notice that in many cases uh, we, we are quite sensitive to uh, uh, to the experience we might get from the other one that that the person actually isn't really committed to this personally. So so uh, as opposed to uh, joining a group work and feeling that uh, this is a person that wants to take personal responsibility of getting this thing done. And and uh, I mean we all have our issues. We all have our. Uh, other cases we want to take uh, uh, care of, time pressures and so forth. But let's let's make the use of this this 50 minutes we have the best way we can, because somebody takes personal commitment to that effect. It's possible. Not afraid to show his age or a somewhat clumsy physicality. You know, this is uh, a theme that quite strikes me. Uh, as I get older, because you know, when you get older, uh, you do get physically less comfortable with yourself. But when I look back uh, to, to my earlier days, you know, in fact, I was also uh, feeling quite often physically uh, that I had all kinds of defects, weaknesses. Uh, like, like uh, you know, uh, I have quite a big head, uh, and and uh, you, you know, uh, one doesn't normally notice it, but you know, my legs are not that long. So, 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 but but you, you, if you really look at, you can say that the guy's head and legs are sort of disproportionate, uh, and and uh, it's 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 when you sort of start to look at your, yourself from this angle, you know, it's 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 very difficult to avoid the thought. And, and uh, I mean, most people regarding their physicality can observe aspects that could be better. It's sort of trivially true. So, so uh, but when you think about it, you know, how important is it really? So, so, uh, so not afraid to show whatever you are. So not, not getting caught in the defects of your own physicality. They always exist. Kind of theme. No role facade. So, so uh, it's, it's quite clearly he's there as a human being primarily. Although he's at the same time the president, but he doesn't as it were, play through that. So this is part of the uh, uh, physical commitment dimension. Imposing dignity, seriousness, and beauty on the atmosphere. Now, very often when we enter situations, we don't really take responsibility of the atmosphere, although it's trivially true that everybody do create an effect on the atmosphere. Like, uh, I, uh, I was quite uh, impressed by the fact that uh, people came so early for today's seminar. Functionally speaking, there wasn't really that big a pressure for that to happen, but it just did happen. Also, uh, after the break, people were actually quite, quite on time. Also, it can happen that I go longer than I had planned. And it could be that uh, somebody needs to go uh, to the toilet. And, and it's, it's quite understandable, it can happen, but uh, it can happen in such a way that the person who goes to the toilet goes to the toilet observing the fact that, you know, there's an atmosphere. I don't want to sort of interrupt the atmosphere. And this is what actually did happen. So, so uh, uh, it's, it's like safeguarding the dignity that we have in terms of an atmosphere comes through quite strongly there in, in the Mandela case. Upscale register thinking. Now, this is important. Let, let me stop there for a moment. I, I said regarding the key concepts of uh, being present, uh, being by your side, magical uplift, that those could be examples of words that might prove useful from the point of view of you uh, uh, orienting around your own experience. Now, the phrase upscale register, I hope would be another such uh, 
lighthouse-concept. And, and by uh, upscale register, I refer to the fact, and it is a fact, that whenever you think, you think from the point of view of some perspectives, but the perspectives have a tone. There can be hopefulness, there can be dignity, there can be respect, there can be joy, there can be trust, there can be harmony. This is upscale. Now the upscale of life as a perspective uh, exists alongside with the downscale of life. And uh, of course each of us have had experiences that represent upscale register as well as downscale register. But thought-wise, to some extent, I think you can push your thinking, you can nudge your thinking towards the upscale when you start to think about it. I mean, that there's nothing to stop you from using, let's say, a phrase that is more upscale than downscale when in your own mind you talk about somebody uh, with whom you share your life. Like in my case, uh, I've, I've uh, shared my life with, uh, with Pipsa, a special lady, uh, whom I call in Finnish kuningatar, queen. And of course, Finland is a republic, so there's no confusion with, with an official royal house. It's, it's, uh, and in the Finnish language, it sounds quite beautiful, kuningatar. And, and uh, most of our friends call her also kuningatar. Uh, because she has this kind of uh, majestic uh, dignity uh, combined with uh, tremendous warmth. So, so uh, but I called her Kuningatara since our love started. And, and it's, it's uh, in, in, the, in the old days it was quite funny occasionally when uh, I was criticized for doing this. Because uh, some people felt that I sort of push the case uh, uh, disproportionately to the positive. And this is, of course, a possible view. That you should only use words that, uh, that are either neutral or sufficiently negative. And, and, uh, and of course, this, you know, being Finland, you know, we are not that strong when it comes to upscale register. In, in, in the way we talk about things. And it, it has its beauty also. You know, this kind of Kimi Raikkonen style. So, uh, and and, and, uh, uh, and uh, basically not showing any emotion at any time. Uh, and it, it has its uh, charm also. But as far as you're concerned, surely you can push your thinking more to the upscale, meaning that you can activate such categories as respect, as joy, happiness, dignity, uh, in your mental internal reflection. And my hope is that uh, our seminar would be a context where that would actually would take place. Now, uh, upscale register in the example we just saw comes through when uh, a third person comes to the space uh, certain Mrs. Brits, as it turns out, whom uh, Mandela threw out addresses quite respectfully using just the phrase Mrs. Brits. But you can say somebody's name respectfully, Mrs. Brits. But as Mrs. Brits comes, uh, Mandela says, uh, Mrs. Brits, you are a shining light in my day. And I would say... Uh, we do have such uh, 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 lighthouses that might come across as persons. You know, somebody brings light to our life. It, it could be that, uh, let's say, uh, your grandmother is such a person that when you come to think about her, light comes somehow to your world. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's, uh, it could be also that somebody sort of with, with whom you share uh, uh, something in, in a work context. You know, there are people that bring light to other people's life. 
Now, when uh, to somebody who does bring light to your life, comes of, it's of course possible to say to the person, you are a shining light in my day. It presupposes two things. One is that you have observed the fact that here is a person who does bring light to my life. This is uh, a prerequisite number one. Prerequisite number two is that uh, there is enough courage in you to say it, even if it's not the custom. Remember, we do have customs, of course, in any society and in any uh, uh, local uh, context. There are always all kinds of customs. So, so uh, it could be that uh, your family is one of the uh, uh, unusual families in the way that uh, respect is shown to the older generation, particularly the grandmother, grand, grandfather, uh, grandfather, the grandparents dimension. It could be that in your particular case, this is the case. Uh, in, in the case of uh, most people in this country or outside this country, this is not the case. But irrespective of something in terms of the norm that has been adopted socially, of course, you can express respect to, let's say, your grandfather. So, so uh, it doesn't have to be a norm for you to sort of adopt it. Positive associations actively used. Uh, the phrase, Mrs. Bridge, you are a shining light in my day, comes right after. Mandela has said to his guest, please sit here, looking into light hurts my eyes. He doesn't continue to articulate the reason why this is the case. He doesn't point out this is because of the fact that my eyes were permanently hurt on, uh, on, on, on the prison island uh, in the forced labor camp. So he doesn't articulate the reason, he just observes the fact that if, if I sit here, light will hurt my eyes. But the theme of light is brought, the word light is now mentioned. And of course a human being can pick up a word and associate. So uh, I might say uh, uh, being present, I might say being by your side, I might say uh, a magical uplift, and you might pick up from that word and associate to a case that I have no idea what it is, and nobody else has any idea what it is. And why is that? Because it's your experience. Nobody else has experienced it. But you allowed yourself to associate. Now, most of the time in university context, you don't allow yourself to associate. The reason why most of the time you don't allow yourself to associate is because you, you want to understand what somebody who's speaking is speaking. But if you associate too freely, you distance yourself from whatever the person is driving at. Now, in my case, I'd like to encourage you to use your associative powers. And notice how handy now becomes the principle I mentioned. When I said in the beginning that in my lectures, in my seminars, it's, uh, it's uh, hard to tell what even the subject is. And this is, the, this is a reflection of the fact that there really isn't a subject. So we are not here to sort of explore a subject as I have conceptualized it. We are here to create a context for thinking. But if your thinking starts to operate actively, it can operate more actively using upscale register perspectives, such as respect, such as harmony, such as dignity, joy, and so forth. Positive associations actively used. Using humor for shared experience and life camaraderie. Uh, you know, when I look at this, uh, Little cut. Uh, I, I'm so much reminded of uh, of of, uh, of of our great uh, president Ahtisaari, the Nobel laureate for peace. Uh, and and uh, he he's such a great personality, but he uses humor, just like 
Mandela there does. So, so you bring along kind of life camaraderie through humor when you, you bring up something that is sort of uh, funny, you know, in sports as in life. Well, nobody is, is trying to tear my head off when I'm doing my work, kind of comment. Respectfulness for people irrespective of status. You know, when you see uh, a sports hero, it's understandable that uh, 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 you might point out to some people you meet later on the fact that you met this sports hero. Because you know that other people respect the sports here as well. And, and there are always hierarchies. Uh, you know, some, some startup entrepreneur. You met the startup entrepreneur. This, this is great. You know, uh, so somebody really made it uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 in the Paris Fashion Week. So, so there are always people that you know are also respected. But you also know that a lot of people are not really that respected. But you could still respect somebody. And why would you do it? Because that's the way you are. It's possible to be like that. It's, it's uh, looking back, I'm quite impressed. And I think about my parents. I come from the small town of Hyvinka. And, and uh, neither one of my parents uh, had uh, that much uh, formal schooling. Not, not even reaching the so-called the, the so student cap. So, so, uh, so they didn't have academic uh, schooling, my parents. But one of the features of my father, looking back, was that uh, he respected everybody irrespective of the status of the person. Uh, and and uh, even when I look back, it, it, it seems to me that, you know, uh, that's how life should be lived, I think. But that's what we see there in, uh, in, uh, in Mandela. Also when he introduces his VIB guest to this person uh, uh, of the office. Mrs. Brits, this is Francois Pinar, captain of the Springboks. He's connecting people. He's structuring the situation from the point of view of the other one. So, so uh, when uh, Mrs. Brits has brought the tea, and ask, shall I pour, sir? He, he first say, uh, no, no, I, I prefer to do it myself. But then he says, thank you very much, Mrs. Brits. Because he wants to signal to Mrs. Brits that she can now leave. So he's structuring the situation. Remember that whenever we are in a situation, we always evaluate the situation from the point of view of pot potential embarrassment. Nobody wants to be embarrassed by doing something that is sort of stupid in the context. So, so uh, one reason why I like uh, this, uh, this space in which we are, design factor, is that it, it, it sort of, uh, uh, it signals uh, non-embarrassment. It, it doesn't as it were, impose a particular social order. So you feel that you can sit where you want to sit. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of a free-sounding uh, uh, situation. Uh, thanking the others, the others seriously by putting oneself in his position, you have a very difficult job. You know, even if you are a president and you meet somebody, you can still think about the situation from the other one's point of view. You know, uh, being a sports captain, that's, that's quite, uh, quite something. I haven't really thought what that means up until now when I see you. So, so uh, you know, somebody is studying uh, computer science, somebody is studying uh, in the art school, maybe architecture, it could be fashion, you know, uh, design. You know, you don't really know what the challenges there are, except that you know that they do exist. So given the fact that you are there in lunch with this person, you know, it's, it's possible to take the other one seriously. Uh, in, in, in that uh, uh, position, uh, he or she is, is uh, engaged, not getting caught in surface defects. This is a theme we already discussed through the uh, uh, ambulance episode. But it comes now to surface. 
you know, when uh, Mandela says to his guest, you have a very difficult job, while at the same time offering the teacup, the rugby captain is somewhat puzzled because he misunderstands Mandela, the president, to be referring to my uh, little trading business, which isn't really that big a thing. So he's puzzled, you know, you have a very difficult job. I, I, I have a training business. So this is a misunderstanding on uh, the rugby captain's part. But Mandela pretends he didn't hear it. He just repeats, captain of the Springboks, a very difficult job. So not, not getting caught in uh, surface defects. Revisiting fundamentals by engaging in dialogue about them. This is something that, if it would be one of the legacies that come from this uh, seminar to your life at the age of, let's say, 26, and we would meet when I'm 80 in 50 years' time, and you would say, uh, excuse me, Esa, or excuse me, Professor Sarnen, or uh, we would meet somewhere and you would say, uh, uh, I, I took one of your seminars. It was, uh, in fact, um, my last year at Alto. And there was one of the things that you said, uh, I think it was using a Mandela case, about revisiting the fundamentals as something that, I, that, that you hoped that would become part of the legacy of the course. It has become a legacy for me. In fact, this is something that I do uh, twice a year. I, I, I have a little notebook, and in the notebook, uh, I just basically write under the heading, what is even more important to remember right now than before? So that heading directs me to think about uh, things beyond the immediate questions that, of course, occupy so easily my mind. So it helps me to keep in mind the bigger picture. So thanks a lot for that uh, little presentation through Mandela. would be something that I would hope would be one of the legacies here. But, of course, if you engage in dialogue about them, it enhances the possibility for you to uh, uh, have a deeper view regarding the fundamentals because the other one's perspective is different from yours. So, so, uh, uh, so there are two aspects here. One is that you don't believe that the fundamentals are such that you can sort of grasp them once and for all. It's something that you want to become engaged in repeatedly. And this is because, for some reason, the force of the fundamental, from the point of view of your internal world and internal reflection, can become diminished. So you want to uh, 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 engage in that. Uh, in, 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 in this instance, it comes through the question, tell me, Francois, what is your philosophy of leadership? So, so clearly, uh, for a rugby captain, Similarly, for a president of a country, this is a relevant question. What is your philosophy on leadership? And, and uh, you know, if somebody is, let's say, the president of the United States, the president of the United States, I think, uh, can meet anybody in the world. Also, uh, you can ask anybody, you know, what is your philosophy on leadership? You can ask, let's say, uh, Bill Gates, would you like to come to meet me? to talk about leadership. And of course, it could be possible for you to sort of open your mind and heart to this other one's experiences regarding, let's say, leadership. Uh, but we know that is not the case with the current president of the United States. Uh, leading by example comes up as a theme when the rugby captain replies the question, tell me, Francois, what is your philosophy of leadership? And he replies, by example, sir, I always thought to lead by example. That is right. That is exactly right, is, is, is what Mandela there reassures him of. Uh, but then he moves on with the astonishing question, how can 
we be more than we believe we can be. Uh, notice that this is uh, a perspective that points to something that at the current time, almost per definitionem, is invisible. So, so uh, it's, it's always good when you can operate with the visible. So it's always good if something is such that you have evidence regarding it. But of course, it could be that th there isn't that much evidence for it. So, so uh, what we saw with the Muhammad Ali and Dream Team case, I think, is this next level. It sort of emerged. And, and uh, from the point of view of just uh, the physicality of Muhammad Ali, you know, the next level just somehow came in spite of Parkinson. So uh, the invisible next level as a generic human possibility is the theme that Mandela there touches upon. And he goes on uh, uh, to, to, to explore this uh, that sometimes is called, uh, referred to as the transcendental hope. It's sort of hope that operates beyond evidence. So, so uh, and, and you see this uh, in sports, you know, that the sports team or the sportsman or sportswoman just somehow holds on. Although it seems that, it, you know, that there isn't rational behind this, you know, they are five goals behind. But then it happens that they somehow make one goal. And they are just four goals behind. And so forth. So, so uh, it's just a human phenomenon that, 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 that amazing things can happen. Uh, and and uh, in Second World War... Uh, this country was drawn to that war with the result that uh, the Red Army of Joseph Stalin that was overwhelming threatened to take the country over. And nobody can stop the Red Army. But the Red Army did stop. So, so uh, it, it's just, you know... Uh, even, even thinking back, it seems astonishing. How, how could Finns believe it's possible? This is uh, Mandela's, I would say, surprising reply to the question he raised. How do you make people to be more than they believe they can be? Uh, he goes on to reply this question by saying, sometimes I think it is by using the work of others. Then continuing by referring to a poem that gave him strength on the prison island. The poem which is repeated uh, in the title of the film itself, Invictus. And if you check it out, as you can easily do, it's a pretty impressive poem, but it's not that impressive. That by itself would explain how somebody can, let's say after 21 years, in prison, facing a future that is completely uncertain. Uh, why would it give uh, 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 strength to the person? It's just that it's possible for a human being to, to, uh, to tap upon such internal sorts of strength. And it's, it's that uh, generic possibility that, that interests us because it's a possibility to reach out to the higher uh, uh, reaches of humanity within us. Within us. So uh, again, if you think about, uh, let's say, your grandparents, it's quite possible that uh, when you think about your grandparents, something in their life is quite impressive. It, it, it could be that something that, that happened you hadn't really even thought about, uh, uh, but when you do come to think about it, it's, it's astonishing, how did they make it? And, and uh, you could make, maybe bring it up, may, maybe sort of approach it respectfully, may, maybe your grand, making your grandpa, making your grandma to talk about it. And, and, and something he or she doesn't ordinarily do because he or she only does it if the respect is there. And, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's that realm of... Uh, of, of uh, what often is, uh, is seemingly trivial 
uh, that I think is particularly important. It's it's uh, it, it's 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 also often I think a matter of finding the magic in words. Uh, when something is expressed in this way as opposed to that way, it could be that the, the, the whole thing changes. So so uh, I'm here reminded of. Uh, uh, something that uh, Paul McCartney uh, mentioned in, in his uh, memoirs when he said that uh, when they had done John and him, uh, the piece, uh, She Loves You, which of course uh, then became one of the breakthrough hits of the Beatles. So uh, they played it to... Uh, Paul's father, who said, uh, that's, that's pretty good, but there is uh, one, one point I like to make. When you sing, she loves you, yeah, 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 I think it should be, she loves you, yes, yes, yes. And of course, you could say, well, uh, grammatically speaking, that would be better. It, it's just that it doesn't sound right. So, so uh, finding inspiration in the magic of words is something that uh, uh, Mandel there does. And, and uh, he points out uh, that they're just words. Now, uh, it could be that some of the themes, some of the words I use in the course of today's seminar are such that you can, through those words, convey to one of your friends uh, who, who wasn't in a position to come, why you found today significant. Could be that is the case. Also, it could be that, that you can't really describe it. But that, even if you can't describe something that is significant, it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, words potentially has magic. So it could be that some word later on brings back some of your experiences in the course of today's seminar with the following effect. And now I go back to the, uh, to the video cut for yet one more minute. So, so uh, let's go back there. Now, now, now uh, you know, as an outsider, uh, one could say that if somebody is a rugby captain, uh, wouldn't it seem sort of natural to think that uh, you would go, let's say, to a World Cup uh, from the point of view of winning the World Cup? So, so uh, but of course, it, it's 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 possible that uh, that somebody still doesn't think so because uh, it's uh, it's 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 possible that you are sort of caught up with. Uh, uh, with a realistic uh, evaluation of the situation, let's face it, uh, we might just barely make it to among the three best. But uh, New Zealand is the clear favorite. I mean, nobody can stop their offensive line. It's just a fact of life. So, so, and of course, there are always facts of life. But of course, still you can say, well, even if there is a fact of life, couldn't one sort of envision the possibility for a moment? So how might their tremendous offensive line be stopped conceivably? I mean, let's sort of play out alternatives. So, so uh, I mean, so somebody looking at the people that have uh, enrolled to this, uh, this uh, seminar or this course might say that uh, aren't these some of the most talented people uh, of their generation, these various disciplines that they come from that are right now in Finland. Of course, not all of them are Finns, just uh, who happen to be right now in Finland. And, and wouldn't it seem that, you know, uh, it, it's sort of natural that if you already have proven capabilities, because you wouldn't be here if you hadn't those proven capabilities already, wouldn't it seem sort of natural to sort of see how far you can actually reach out with them. You know, it's, it's uh, in, in the case of Mandela, in the case of the rugby captain, there were tremendous challenges of, of building up a, nature, a nation. You could say that uh, 
with uh, climate change, with the uh, collapse of democracy around the world. You know, uh, you, you could say there are sort of major cases to sort of tackle. So wouldn't it seem that uh, kind, of, kind of natural for a young person to sort of want to at least uh, mentally explore, you know, what might be possible? Now, this is the context uh, for our seminar. And from my point of view, for the uh, phenomenon of the mysterious flame of humanity. Because it's amazing when somebody all of a sudden finds his or her deeper thought, sort of has a, a deep understanding regarding what he or she is. And, and uh, it's, it's so beautiful, I think, in this particular Mandela uh, rugby captain case that uh, Mandela doesn't really push the case. Uh, but certain things are such that they can't be pushed. Because if you do push, then it doesn't come from within, but it can only come from within. If it's the something that is the best in the person, it's the most unique aspect in the person. It's for this reason why I think it's so important to try to create a context where people could tap upon their internal reflection without having having that risk that, that, that something happens from outside and, and uh, as your defense is opened, something comes in immediately. So, so uh, I, I hope that uh, our seminar gives you a chance to explore uh, what I hear described as the mysterious flame of your own humanity and the logic of your subjectivity from the point of view of what might start to come out when you also engage in the kind of dialogue with others where you listen to those others uh, respectfully. Because that then gives them a chance to contribute to, to the uh, uh, enrichment process of, 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 of your own thinking. Bonks. That's what I would like to stop. Thank you for again for your tremendous focus. We are, uh, we are about 17 minutes late of schedule, are we not? Uh, so let me think, uh, if, if, because we can't have lunch in this building, we need to walk to, to, to other buildings, but of course nowadays with Varet there are excellent opportunities. Uh, but I like us not to be in a rush. So, so, so let's be back at two sharp. Is that good? Two sharp. Okay, thank, thank, thank you again for your concentration. We'll continue at two o'clock. <laughs>